champion of all time, and you're listening to... The well, that's not a B. Preview. It's your favorite podcast starting. Hey, podcast. What's a podcast? Uh, fucking idiot. It's a podcast starting you. It's a podcast. It's a podcast starting you. Starring you. Starting. Fuck. Fuck you. Fuck you. I fucking hate I'm you. Wrestling. Wrestling. We a simultaneous pornography watch masturbation over Skype. Mm, we That's me- what we did. Only I made Dylan finger himself so that I'm the man and he's the lady. Ooh, you can call this podcast Snickers because we're full of nut. Ugh, uh, fuck you. Um, mm, the Snickers podcast. So much nougat. Dylan, what it, is nougat? It's, it's, uh, it's almond jizz. <laughs> Cool. So it's like organic. Also, almond jizz is the name is my preferred porn star name. I have a cold. <laughs> so these the, already the jokes are terrible. Hi everybody. Give them some hard justice. Ooh. Welcome to Moro Re- for pussy glory. Welcome to Moro Ronaldo Rebel Radio. I'm your host Moro. <laughs> we are gonna be talking about one of the. Is he like he's actually a disputed in ring bully? We'll be talking about Lord Stephen William Regal this week on the Wrestler Review. But first, John had some hot takes fresh off the fresh off the stove about Moro Ronaldo and JBL. I just want to point out how I love how the internet's like this JBL has to be stopped, and you're like it's a massive corporation. Any bullying is coming from Vince McMahon. For sure. Like, Vince McMahon is literally <laughs> ordering a cowboy to bully a nerd. Like, it's high school, but insane. Like, how is no one, like... And also, why are people shocked? Like, guys, can you believe it? In Vince McMahon's World Wrestling Entertainment, someone who isn't a person that could eat rocks is being treated like a bag of shit by someone who's a who one-time goose-stepped. Like, why is anyone surprised? I, cu- I can't fucking <laughs> figure it out. I, yeah, but... I think it's not the surprise thing as much as it is, is like, it's a publicly traded company now, and you can't just like, oh, you got bipolar, eh? Well, you're a queer. Like, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, but <laughs> like, they did. Everyone, What's ba- wrong with your head, short stuff? Everyone basically says that the, one of the reasons why Daniel Bryan was never really pushed or embraced by Vince McMahon is because he's vegan, to the point that he called him, he just called him the vegan for like two years and couldn't, like... Vince McMahon is still the fucking dad from that 70s show. He just has a billion-dollar company. It's fucking That's ridiculous. So and speaking of... Well, why, would you, why wouldn't you just pretend you're not a vegan? I don't know, because Vince McMahon probably didn't make you like lick a cow or something like that. Like, Vince McMahon apparently... like <laughs> The new weird fact I found out about him is that he doesn't eat anything with his hands, and I'm just like, that man... Like, control is his number one fucking bugaboo, isn't it? He doesn't eat anything with his hands. Throws away pizza crust like a fucking monster. You can still eat the pizza crust with a knife and fork. You just cut through the... That's that's frankly uh, unnerving. Isn't that just insane? That it's like, no, I'll eat the pizza with my hands, but what I touch I will not eat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I. but here's the other thing is that like JBL... Have you heard some of the reports where it's like JBL is... Uh, JBL, like one of... Let's say... Edge, when Edge got signed with the company, like, uh, JBL, like, would come in the shower and soap up his butt, like, also naked and raped. It's like JBL's just a gay man, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, based on that one piece of evidence that you've told me forthhand, yeah, he's a predatory, <laughs> he's a predatory homosexual who was trying to rape Moro Ronaldo on SmackDown Live. The reason why they got rid of Moro Ronaldo is they're like, if we keep Moro Ronaldo, not even his name that I just said right there, if we keep this Bro. nerd 
on SmackDown Live, JBL is going to uh, uncut Raw Dog rape him on live television, and we can't have that happening again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's a really uh, it's a sad situation, and the other thing is like someone made this point, so it's not certainly not mine, but uh, if this would have happened to this guy when he was doing like. This guy's like called Mayweather fights before. He's a de- has. He's a decorated actual sports journalist. When Bobby Heenan talked about being yeah. a broadcasting broadcast journalist, that's what Morinello actually is. But in fucking Uncle Vince's house of I got biceps who wants to fuck, he's a piece of shit. Oh. <laughs> legitimate qualifications? That's the door. You count as nothing because of your glasses, and you count as less than anything because you're shorter than the big cowboy man. Oh! Yeah, JBL's been, but he JBL's been like the enforcer, quote unquote, for Vince McMahon for quite a long time, and this is the last thing they do in the territories, really, that still happens. Like the fucking pranks. Like I guarantee that pranks aren't happening and initiation isn't happening anymore. Like Kevin Owens isn't like like when Nakamura you think you think that when Nakamura got called up to SmackDown, like one of the older guys on SmackDown, do you think like Goldust is like oh, I, I hope pull so. a towel. Oh look, it's my human shit. You just gotta take it. I you ho- just gotta take it. I hope so because Nakamura would put a cigarette out in his eye like he, yeah. he would do something so crazy. I would have just liked to see them try that to Finn Balor, who would just go full on inner city Dublin on them. Let me fucking show you how we fucking do it, and then <laughs> it would just be ridiculous. Like no, they don't do any of that. I hate also like because it's then okay if you're gonna make it like it was in the territory days. Then if it's like it is in the territory days, um, uh, then you actually have to have some logical storytelling at time on your main show, and also um not be as shit at sometimes but basically be more like nxt where nxt you never hear really of any problems like the bill demott thing with trainees you heard about that and they got that guy out of there so quickly and then brought in a train which i'm like yeah a train should be teaching your wrestlers um all that sort here's of- how you deal with when someone hurts your feelings about your back hair i have no other stuff to learn about wrestling it's just when they hurt your feelings i don't like it couple of things you need to know when they ask you to portray a japanese person say yes <laughs> they say see like mexicans do yeah other things it's the same language in japan ohio is not a state it's a hello. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast, everybody. Yeah. Forever. Yeah, this is um so we're this is the last seven minutes of the greatest podcast you've ever heard in your goddamn life. Um <laughs> speaking of bullying, let's let's quickly discuss right off the top the William Regal Bill Goldberg thing, because I got another hot take on this, Dylan, because I actually did research this week Ooh. and not just making jokes on your research. I think that Bill Goldberg is upset that he botched a bunch of times and has gone around claiming that uh, Stephen Regal or William Regal took advantage of him in the ring because William Regal like breaks down the entire saga of before they got in the ring of the agent came to him and said, we want to have a competitive match. We know that if it doesn't go well out there, you can work around some of his limitations. Uh, We want it to be six minutes on the nose and we want it to end with a spear and a jack, uh, um, a jackhammer. What do you think? And he was like, "Yep, totally can do that." They do it all. The match doesn't go well because Bill Goldberg doesn't know where to move and stand to take certain things. 
and also doesn't know how to react because he's never been taught any of that timing. He was literally taught how to fight for 90 seconds. And when yeah. you hear Regal break it down, he was like, so we go from this move to this move. This doesn't work because of this reason. So I attempt to do this. Now, I can only do so much because I can't actually fight myself and I can't actually hit myself. So I have to start doing this yeah. and this to heighten the realism in the ring, which is my job, to get this guy to six minutes so that when the referee gives us the signal, we can go into the spear and the jackknife. And you literally – I wouldn't watch the match. That's literally what happens. And then they go into the spear and the jackknife, yeah. and he wins. And then Bill Goldberg's entire explanation when asked about it is like, that guy took advantage of me. So much so that William Regal even talks about when they got into the back, the agent who had said do six minutes hadn't cleared it with Eric Bischoff, and Eric Bischoff was fucking what the fuck. And Regal was like, that guy told me it was supposed to be six minutes. And I don't I don't actually, I don't put it past them to like – because all I think that happened was uh, – it was just a communication issue, and I also—it's something as simple as Bischoff's like he um, beats Regal in two minutes, and then one agent's like, "Fuck that shit, this guy!" Like everyone jealous of Goldberg anyway. Why is this guy getting the superhero push? So fuck that. Uh, no, he doesn't uh, beat him, in- and then they basically just double cross Goldberg like territory style, baby. Yeah, they just I- told a guy to do something else, so Regal wouldn't get in trouble because he would be able to blame an agent I also think that i don't understand. i i truly think that part of it's also goldberg's ego like i i thought about this way too much last night because i'm working on my ember show so it's like why not spend an hour and a half reading about william regal and bill goldberg <laughs> instead of working exactly on, oh the fit fit fiddly debuted as the belfast brawler that's ironic because i don't think he's from belfast um what was i gonna say the other thing that's very important to remember about this particular situation and also william regal is that like he's a like from a kid loves wrestling would never dissipate any sort of order wouldn't do that sort of thing based completely completely if you look at his entire life all he's done is then made other wrestlers look fucking amazing even though he's yeah. spectacular and also Goldberg is the most competitive man in the world so probably got upset that they had to put someone in the ring specifically to make him quote unquote look good and has harbored resentment about that ever since like this is a man who literally headbutts a fucking locker in his 50 um, to get psyched up for a fake fight this is a man who was choking back tears after Wrestlemania after losing a fake fight to Brock than Dylan will ever see this year next year though he's gonna make more that's not true I will see more money than that this year? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh, free fringe, five fifteen, Cabaret Voltaire long room, anticipation of ten thousand pounds in the bucket per day. I would like to see that. I'd like to see. I want to see that. I would like to see you. Hello, that was actually a really good show. Your bucket speech worked on me. You asked for ten. I didn't hear the rest of it, so I'm just going to give you thousand. Everyone, I'd like to see you with money because I feel like it would get really weird and not in the way that I would expect. <laughs> it would just be a ton of takeout. Yeah. It would just be like, well, I don't cook for myself anymore. That's done. Takeout it is. I have a I have someone who follows me around and then I save food and they gather it for me. I have my own hunter gatherer at my <laughs> at my leisure. I'll tell you who's the fucking Uber or the fucking um William Regal of fucking takeout. The addition of Uber Eats to the trifecta of Hungry House and Deliveroo for people who want takeout in London, England, literally means that no restaurant on the fucking in that fucking city d- isn't takeout at this point. And it is fucking amazing. <laughs> it is really, really fantastic. Oh, what's that, Papa John's? You do uh, only in-store discounts? 
Not if you use Uber Eats and you get a double discount. Mm, yeah, I'll have a double XL large pizza for 11 pounds with three dipping sauces, please. please. Oh, what's my name? My name is Your Fucking God. That's my fucking name. Speaking of gods, William Regal debuted in so Blackpool, which um, is a piece of shit town. Go ahead, Dylan. <laughs> have you ever played a gig in Blackpool? It's all I want to do. It's all I want to do. I love, I love hokey shit britain no one understand because they're from here they're ashamed of what their culture actually is they will tell you their culture is oh it's the queen no your culture is gollywogs bernard manning and toothless people going Ugh! on the fucking blackpool pier <laughs> oh it's awesome it's awesome i have yet that's why i really like i've yet to work up the courage uh, to go into bernard manning's nightclub in manchester but i want to so badly bernard manning has a nightclub yeah, that's where he performed because he was he was such a racist. They were like, you can't. You can't play here anymore, Bernard. <laughs> what do you mean? That's so funny. They won't like they don't, I didn't know that. They don't like my new character, Chingy Ching 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 Chong. <laughs> He's a gay. <laughs> um that's the that's the funny thing about what the North Americans kind of think Britain is. I don't think that every um but what North Americans think Britain is in the early 90s, as you can see by Regal's career, because, like, Regal oh, yeah. is versatile enough as a performer to play the, like, Saturday morning TV villain version of a British dude. Um, and then you see later on his career when he gets, like, Squire Dave Taylor with him. It's just Dave Taylor is not. Dave Taylor is <laughs> a man who... Like it's like if if they if the North American palette would have caught up to hooliganism by the eighties, Dave Taylor would have just been like the hooligan, and he would just come out and punch people in the back of the head, and then oi 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 oi, I'm only one by count out. <laughs> a good accent. It's very good. It, he would have been the goon. He would have been the British goon. I'm gonna say Dave this. Taylor, the hooligan versus the goon. It would have been amazing. Name someone, by the way, that they haven't caught up with that aspect of British culture yet. Like they've never how they haven't done the hooligans as a tag team is insane. And I know some of you out there listen yeah. are part of like like ICW and you're going, well, what about the fucking Bucky Boys? That's in Scotland. We're not talking about like Vincent, we're talking about yeah. WWE, how they haven't done the hooligans. They could literally do the Zulu yeah. they could do the Zulu Warriors. They could be from Birmingham. It'd be very racially insensitive. It's everything Vince McMahon wants. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget it. I saw Watford, uh, Watford FC made the premiership when I was first, first in England, and I had to do a Jonglers, which is like a lower level chain of uh, comedy clubs, mm -hmm. where like they just do not care that you're doing comedy, but still pay to see comedy there for some. So I went to a Jonglers, and uh, I saw literally a seven foot tall, seven foot tall, uh, and wide uh, pile of broken beer bottles. Yeah. And people singing like uh, the, if I've never really been as scared in my life as when you see a group of British football fans singing their team song. It's like, oh, these guys would, if they were like, kill the fat boy for sport, they would just do it. They would just do it. They would rip my guts out and then be like, it was a. What a fun time we had on the weekend and at work on Monday. Like, they just don't think anything of it. You can really see why Britain won a lot of wars. It's because they could just compartmentalize you can. in a way that... But here's the thing. If you en yeah. if you engage with them, and I've had it happen twice. I had it once on a train and once in the tube in London. 
Um, okay. As soon as you engage with them, because the rest of the general public loathes them so much and thinks they're scum, you've never mm-hmm. seen like well-reserved British people be like, no, you're one time a bunch of fucking football fans were on a train leaving Manchester and I had my laptop open and one of them slammed it shut and I told him to go fuck himself and it was like six guys in the aisle and they're like, what did you fucking say? And the entire, shut the fuck up, fuck you, fuck you, shut up, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. And it was like, oh, I've started crazy. a movement. Like this is fucking like, and they like, literally the train manager came in and kicked them off of the next station and like, it was crazy. And then also on the tube, one of them like took a sword and was like, he was like tickling me and I told him to go fuck himself and he was like, you need to calm down. Yeah. And then all the people in front of me were like, don't touch people. Don't touch people. Don't touch people. And I it, I remember it specifically because someone went, you're a queer. <laughs> to you? No, to that guy because he was tickling me. <laughs> now you're like, well, why do you got to make me feel wrong? Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm cool with swearing, but I'm not, I don't condone homophobia. Don't turn. What are we, lesbians? Now. Yeah. Don't be a bunch of fucking pussy-ass trannies. <laughs> oh, no. But we're hearing a lot about about trans crime that's going on right now in the southern United States. It's so depressing. Well, they'll never know because I'm going to edit this part out. <laughs> good. Ah! <laughs> um, <laughs> Very good. So here's a, William here's Regal. a fun thing. Yes. Here, old Bill Regal. Uh, he was a wrestler for nine years before he gets to WCW. It's so mostly as a baby face in the British wrestling, um, which at that time was just pretty much world of sport, was it not? And it was hot, but this is the hottest period in British wrestling. This is the like this is the um giant haystacks, big daddy sort of era. So there's a lot of fucking okay. eyes on British wrestling. And it was just a different style, and he was very technical. He wrestled a lot with Fit Finley and other sort of. Another guy named, I don't know how to pronounce the name, Orjig? Orjig or Orig Williams. I don't know who that is, and I don't want to know. Um, but William Regal, <laughs> by the way, is like, it's literally like you watch like his early matches and you're like, you're just a guy who kind of found your style and fucking stuck with it. And as much as he's like the baby face and smiley, like, it's just because I'm not from Britain. And I look at his dumb face and I'm like, ah, this guy's an asshole, though. Like, he's a bad guy. Like, he looks like a bad guy he, even then, even though they used yeah. him as a babyface because it's England, and they're like, well, we all look like that, so we got to cheer for someone. <laughs> and he's fighting an Irish guy, and it's still the 80s. Also, great. I God, do I love just wrestling is the same whenever you look at it, whenever you go. What's the program here? That guy's English. He's good. That guy's Irish. That's bad. Fight. <laughs> And you think it wouldn't still work, but then we watched the Scott Steiner. Remember the Scott Steiner episode where Chris Nowitzki literally played reasonable man <laughs> disputing the Iraq war, and Scott Steiner was like, Dick Brown, get him. <laughs> also, just to show, I was close to Blackpool earlier this week, and I was in a pub cool. doing, a, doing a gig, and one of the people that's a regular at the pub, his name's Packy Pete, and he... Jesus Christ. And it was one of the weirder moments of like it was literally a man broken by idiots. Like he owned five businesses in this town. He just liked having like a drink, and they all were like, "That's Packy Pete." And I was like, "I bet you his name isn't even Peter." This is fucking horrifying. <laughs> Fucks just didn't want even just like alliteration. No worries. I I had a uh, a J dog about it when I'm Edinburgh last year, but uh, I was at um like a music open mic and just randomly just to like 
not be around comedy for two seconds. And uh, they literally said, uh, now we're going to bring Chinky Gary to this stage. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not racist, guys. He looks Chinese. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. What do you mean he looks Chinese? And then Don't Stop Believing started playing in my mind. Oh. He, uh, I don't know. <laughs> he, he, here's how Chinese he looked. He was a Scottish guy with all red hair. Um, <laughs> I, did you understand the even f- the really funny semi-racial joke you just made? Okay, so the, the nude lead singer of Journey is an okay. is from Southeast Asia, but specifically not China. <laughs> <laughs> the nude lead singer. I don't keep up on my Journey news. Thanks, John. <laughs> we we don't keep up on your Journey. It's because I think I watched that. Do- I fell asleep watching the documentary at one point, so I have a lot of weird Journey knowledge. Um, all right, we're 24 minutes in. Let's fucking get to William Regal's career, or it's going to be curtains on the old wrestling review, and we'll have to go back to our original podcast title, Two Gals Chatting. <laughs> the Gabby Gals. Oh, I don't like that at all. The Gabby Gals, Dylan and John, they're wearing wigs, they're eating bonbons. <laughs> so, Regal starts in uh, WCW. Um, mm-hmm. Which I mean is how I. This is how I remember this man. He was like I loved first, him as a heel. He was so good. He, well, it's also this thing that happens when you're a kid when you watch someone beat someone who you know before. All right, like uh, I explained that poorly. He was the f- one of the first wrestlers I saw. Like he beat Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I, was, I think at a TV title I, match. I was about to bring and, that exact thing up. I yeah, also I knew who Hacksaw Jim Duggan was from only seeing him beat people on WWF television, and then Regal beats him for the TV title. And my my thought is, who is this William Regal character? Why is he so snooty? Yeah, who is this new hot bad boy on the scene? Uh oh, <laughs> trouble is seriously <laughs> afoot. Now here's a question about him because. He so he's the, uh, the he starts out as a babyface, then becomes heel, becomes like I said, like a Saturday morning version of what you would like. Mm-hmm. They they ask him to be like you're an evil British person, so be really high class, and does such a good job of it, like with his facials and stuff. Which really brings me back to a point that I say on this as a broken record: you need a while to learn how to be a pro wrestler, and this dude's been a babyface for nine years just rallying back against those evil IRA heels and uh for the love of fucking Christ look at him here he's uh he's excelling as a heel in his first run it was a full complete heel that every single person in that crowd could immediately hate it's also the way they designed him and how he did him with like things like propping up his bicep with his finger and then they'd always show that he was just a sniveling asshole and you just wanted to see people get the sh- kick the shit out of him but he also was the way that the commentators put him over is like yeah he's a snob but also, he's going to kick the piss out of this guy. Watch him kick the piss out of this guy. And then he would. Like, mm-hmm. he'd snatch people, all that sort of stuff. Then they slowly kind of watered it down a little bit. First with, wait, because, fuck, Blue Bloods is Jean-Paul Levesque first. So it's with Triple H first. Then Triple H leaves. And, so and then they do the, bo- yeah, yeah, then well, they do the Bobby you- Eaton thing, which is, a again, it takes it in a different direction because it's funny. But it's fucking great where he's like, I transformed this southern fucking asshole into Lord Robert Eaton, and that's good now. You're all gross. (laughs) Well, that's the fun thing about him is that, like, and a lot of, actually, British comedians will talk about this where it's like, 
he was always a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to British people because it was like he literally they were like played evil British guys. So he was like, okay, and he just played. Um, I don't know what the man's name from Rocky and Bullwinkle was, but the man who basically with the mustache who tied women to the tracks, and he played that meets a meets just some rich British dude, which we, Regal very much isn't. He's very much working class. No, he's from so, Bla- like he's from Blackpool. Although he did go far enough that that's not the accent he uses now is closer. But like his accent in WCW is not his. Like he's Lancashire North. Like it's a weird fucking accent. And he do- yeah. does put on an art. Is it Boris? Yeah. Good. <laughs> it was Boris. 100% it's Boris. He's playing Boris meets a British person, right? So, it, it and as a kid, it worked so well. Um, I didn't, I wasn't privy to the him and Triple H tag team. Neither was I. I mean, that served him well. If you're going to get into a tag team with a guy, why not be the guy who eventually runs fucking wrestling? And yeah. As you're going to see throughout his career, basically gives this guy second and third chances when, is he great on the mic? Absolutely. Is he a, uh, like a charismatic performer? 100%. Is he great in the ring? Yes, he is. But there's a ton of people with all that, all that shit who, having done what William Regal has done, uh, would have pretty much been exiled from wrestling. Because he keeps, as we're going to see when we move to the late 90s, he basically goes in and out of, uh, like, in and out of the big two. He goes like in and out. Whole, for he two goes years, he's just bouncing around because he's a, he's a big pillhead, and that's the other thing what yeah. happened with the Goldberg thing is you can see you see him in ninety two, ninety three, and you see him in ninety nine, and obviously everybody gains weight with time, but there's the man's obviously visibly going through some physical fucking problems when he's in the Goldberg match. Oh yeah, and also he had just gotten out of jail because he got super blackout drunk and peed on a stewardess on a plane and ended up in jail in Anchorage, Alaska, <laughs> which I was so hoping I was going to be able to tell you because I don't know if you you read into that, but yeah, woke up in a jail cell in Anchorage, Alaska. What did you do? You peed on a stewardess. Ah, crap. I also want to know how the. Fuck I mean, if they told me that, this is the same thing when I when I uh, got blackout drunk and peed on all my uh, now fiance's school books. Oh, where it's like. You peed on my books. And my reaction was, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but I want everyone to. He is funny, and that's how that works. I want everyone to know, by the way, that I, was, I had come back to Canada six weeks after moving to uh, England. I was really sad because my grandmother had just yeah. died. I met Dylan Coffee in a fast food, in a food court in Ottawa. He told me that story. Immediately felt better about everything in my entire life. <laughs> The best one I've ever heard was this uh, was a f- friend Talos of mine. Already great, with, like, already a great name first... for someone to have done this. <laughs> his first like they have a kid together, but they weren't married. But like first long term relationship, he started telling her how he doesn't think he can do construction in a blackout drunk. But the thing is, he had opened up her suitcase and was shitting in it like it was a <laughs> toilet. <laughs> but her. But his diction was so good that she was like, actually, like, well, baby, maybe you shouldn't. What the fuck are you doing? And he was like, what? <laughs> like, are you shitting on my clothes? <laughs> Don't stop believing. I just like how you used his name, which is so specific. Everyone can figure out who that guy is. No, they can't. <laughs> his name is Talus. Who else is named Talus? Nobody. Yeah, so everyone knows who that is now. Well, he'll have the sweet kiss of fame then. Indeed he will. 
He'll be wrestler review famous. Meaning, oh, I didn't tell you this. I forgot. I wanted to tell you this at the start of the uh, podcast, but we have a new follower and we'd like to welcome. I don't know if you listen to the show, but uh, you do follow us on Twitter. Dr. Sean Stasiak, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. He is uh, a follower of the rest. Wait a minute. What? Meat is following us? <laughs> yeah, meat. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sean Stasiak. He's a uh, chiropractor in Texas. Good for him. He's landed on his feet. I wonder if him and Chuck Palumbo are still friends. I mean, he probably... It's crazy that they kept Chuck Palumbo, but not Sean Stasiak. It's crazy that Chuck Palumbo had the career that he did. Like, he was in a program for a year with Lex Luger. It's sort of like when they put Sean Gingerak with Rowdy Roddy Piper. You're like, what are you doing here, guys? Here's something... We're going to review Chuck Palumbo's career at some point because people forget he also had another run where it's Chuck Palumbo really likes motorcycles, and that was his character. I don't even. He was just on SmackDown for like two years. I don't even remember that. We're could you want to do Chuck Palumbo next week? <laughs> All right, next week we're doing Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Mr. or we'll try. I mean, I'll try and get. An, I'll try and talk to Doctor Sean Stasiak. We'll attempt to do... We shouldn't say this on air, but what the fuck? <laughs> Who cares? cares? This is the most informal podcast, even by podcast standards. We'll tr- I'll try and get Sean, Dr. Sean Stasiak, but if that doesn't work out, B-Plan is just straight up reviewing Chuck Palumbo's <laughs> career. Absolutely. There's a lot to cover there. When he's, um, when he's the new package... When he's the part of the natural born thrillers. Oh, there's so much to cover. Um, William Regal basically uh, is in WCW. And this is the thing that WCW is actually very good at is they maintained mid-card position people, which you're like, I know he's going to be third match of every pay-per-view. He's going to be in either like a tag team feud or just a regular feud with a guy for like three pay-per-views. And then he'll be swapped out. But it's going to be a good entertaining match. And I'll hear him talk during like... This is the sort of story of William Regal's career, which we will cover more after the break, is that he's just like a he's just a solid hand, but what really begins to develop sort of post ninety, sort of post him getting over painkillers, is fucking amazing talker and can also just fucking he can bring the crowd with him or turn them against him in ten seconds flat, and it really doesn't matter. There's a promo on YouTube called William Regal Best Promo, and it's two minutes long, and it's how all raw promos should be, which is Triple H wants to fight Eugene. William Regal is Eugene's, like, caretaker dude. He comes out and is basically like, hey, Triple H, fuck you. Here's why. (laughs) Well, that's the thing about... All right, the the one... You have to remember about Regal is that many people wanted this guy to be a top guy for a long time, and it's very clear he has he has absolutely everything. And WCW in the early '90s started giving it to him. Like when he becomes Lord Steven Regal, it takes off. Um, they basically give him a stable. They give him Sir William and his manager. I don't know if you've seen Sir William, but it's fucking great. Oh, is that that's Bill Dundee, isn't it? It is Bill Dundee. God damn it! It is Bill Dundee. As a British person, oh. like they have, they gave this man everything. Well, Bill Dundee technically is a British person. He is from Scotland. He just like grew up in Australia, and then the Deep South, and then raised Jamie Dundee, which you know is a gift to us all. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to play it on the wrestler review because it is frankly disgusting. But um, if you want to listen to. A man who doesn't know what he's saying, Jamie Dundee's shoot promo, where he's shirtless, yet with a fanny pack on, the classic wrestler's look, just chugging on Budweiser's and yelling the N-word. Um, it is 
it almost makes you forget that the n-word is a slur my because i think my favorite part of it by minute five you're like jesus fucking christ dylan and i did a podcast drunk that never i i don't think ever heard the light of it might have actually aired i can't remember if we aired it or not no, there was audio. There was audio issues. We couldn't air it. And then I put that on for him. And Dylan is always the Lord Mayor of finding cool shit for me to watch on the internet. And literally, I thought you were gonna melt. And how it ends is still my favorite part, which is, Jamie, what's your address? Jamie Dundee's mom's house. <laughs> just right, hundred percent. Just right on the check. Jamie Dundee's mom's house. The bank knows, and it's like this guy's from small town, fucking Tennessee. I think the bank probably, in fact, does know. <laughs> just give it to give it to one of them not gay birds, and it'll drop off at my house. <laughs> give it to a pigeon. Yeah, give it to a falcon or a pigeon, not an owl, because we all know that they only got pussies. <laughs> So this is the thing about Regal. They fucking went a long way to making this dude. Like he beats he beats Arn Anderson. Like I mentioned previously, oh. he beats Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And the thing is, Hacksaw Jim Duggan that doesn't sound like now it doesn't sound uh, that good. But you have to keep in mind that this guy was having competitive matches with everybody. Yeah, like and Hacksaw was. And Jim Duggan also was. He was a fucking big deal. Like he was. I would say he's in the he's a top ten baby face of the eighties and early nineties era. Absolutely, I would even go as far as say he's top five. He'd probably be number yeah. five. He'd be number five. He, yeah. Regal beats uh, Steamboat Rick Steamboat at the inaugural Fall Brawl. So like this guy is he's really making a name for himself, of course. And then you kind of get to what uh, becomes the lineage of the WCW television title, like. Basically, well, the World TV title headlines WCW Saturday Night because they just start throwing it around. Like, oh yeah, and they he just uh, he just starts losing it and gaining it back. Like he loses to Larry Zabisco, which at that time is still like, imagine someone lo- just losing a title to JBL now. You know, like it's he's losing to a fucking comic. Yeah, and not even and, a, uh, no, it would be like if he lost the title to Justin Roberts now. <laughs> yeah. He's just losing the title to fucking 96 Doc Hendricks, yeah. you know? Oh, my God. He just dropped the Intercontinental title to Jim Ross. <laughs> so, yeah, he's in the – obviously, the tag team with uh, Sir Robert Eaton is absolutely fantastic. I really liked how unsure of why he was there Bobby Eaton was at all times. Like, you just see him <laughs> trying to be British, and it's so good. Oh, yeah. It's fucking great. The whole thing – and then they have a – a terrible actress pretend to be the queen and knight him? Oh, it's the fucking best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I fucking love it. And Like, this is the type of shit that makes mid-card wrestling great, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you can have Regal uh, become hated by the fans for this, like, cartoon character, but the other thing is, he's so funny that you can then easily transition him into being a babyface. The only thing they do is like when he wins the television title and they kind of strip him of Sir Robert Eaton and uh, Squire Dave Taylor at the time because the other thing they do is like Squire Dave Taylor and Sir Robert Eaton obviously don't get along because Bobby Eaton has this thing about him where he, he has such a baby face. And this sounds like obviously it's the term for no, no, a I- good guy, but like he legit has a baby face and this like kind of like wonder about him that even though and Dave Taylor just looks like a shit kicking asshole, so you just easily uh, can go into a feud with them. So that's it. 
It's also very interesting know, because it's it's this is also the build of like Hogan comes in. He's also one of the few sort of heels in WCW who has no interaction with really Hogan or Flair at all throughout all of it. Then the big thing that they sort of build to once he also has the television title is then they bring in Fit Finley and they call him just the Belfast Bruiser. Now I meant to look this up and i really hope fit finley is from okay thank god he is from belfast because if not (laughs) wcw would be the lord mayor of insensitive town oh he's the dublin destroyer i'm from belfast you culturally don't understand why that's so significantly insulting to me but it is shut up man um we will how about this we'll because we already covered the uh so we have already covered basically uh him and goldberg's uh, yeah, him and Goldberg's little kerfuffle, which is why he leaves WCW. So before we get to the man's man, William Regal, um, thank God we will. Let's take a break, and then it's man's man's William Regal, various times as commissioner, him being yes. Eugene's friend, him being the head of yes. NXT. Uh-huh. I guarantee we don't get to any of that because we're either going to get to man, we're going to get stalled at man's man, William Regal. Or we're going to get to him being Eugene's friend, and I'm going to literally, I'm going to turn this whole thing into a fucking Mars bar because of the amount of nougat I'm about to spill over how good that was. Nougat. Oh, uh, oh sorry, honey. I'm just going to pop some nougat. Ugh. That's me coming. All right. Here's a break. Oh, yeah. Ooh, what a break we're having. That was such a good episode of the Wrestler Review again. Ladies and gentlemen. Please rate and subscribe to The Wrestler Review. Of course, you also want to review it. Please review our podcast for the love of fucking Christ. And also, guys, give us some money. Not with a Patreon. Nope. Or some sort of naughty Amazon link. We don't want you to give us money for a goddamn nothing, right? Here's what we want you guys to do. We both have comedy albums. Please buy those comedy albums on our website, thejohnhastings.com. That is John's website. And dylanagot.com. The A is for awesome. I'm an awesome guy. dylanagot.com, thejohnhastings.com. Please buy our comedy albums. We love you. Please make love to us in our beds while we're naked. The A is for Atherton. He's a man. A manly man. I fucking love man's man william regal oh my god it was so stupid he also still kept his one of his finishing moves and the thing is they clearly kind of were razzing him because he is he is at this point you have to remember he's been in wcw for six years and his like we haven't even talked about his style wrestling but his style is so unique to his like I don't know, man. It's it sounds fucked up. Uh, his style is and then is so unique. And the first time you see like British wrestling like that, that it's very much like you remember it immediately when you see it. So when you have Stephen Regal, you're like, oh shit, they got Regal now. But it's kind of the first time they do the oh this guy's from WCW. He's got to lick a turd before we give him anything. And they immediately, when he comes in, stick him with, if anyone hasn't heard the Man's Man theme song, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. It's almost like, here's how good it is. William Regal, if he hadn't had drug problems, probably would have been a world champion at some point. Um, Definitely during the WCW, WWF competing era. And it might be his legacy to just, that song might be his legacy 100%. No, his legacy now is he's the face of NXT. He's also like this huge sort of mentor wrestler guy. And also to the generation of people that started watching in the Ruthless Aggression era, he's a, like 
sort of the similar like Sergeant Slaughter. He's sort of an old timey legend dude. I don't like. I think the man's man thing is actually mostly forgotten at this point. I remember it because I loved him in WCW. When I he, do not think the man's man is mostly forgotten. I would say I would say it's remembered by forty percent of the fans watching. Right, forty percent. The average wrestling fan is thirty-five. Nope. I take is take that right back. It is remembered by one hundred percent of the fans. If they are thirty-five, yeah. No, never mind. <laughs> I'm going to. All right. I'm going to look up the man's man. All right, so uh, the Man's Man so good has 83,000 hits, two versions of it. One of them has 46,000, the other 1,000. John, can you name, who's another just random wrestler from that time then? Okay. Let's say Draws. I was going to say. Let's say Draws' theme. I was going to go, I was actually going to do you one better and and say Ivory, but Draws is a good one. Draws' theme has 28,000 plays, and there's only obviously one. Yeah, that's trouble for old John Hastings. Yeah, no, I was wrong. Absolutely wrong in that statistic. Because also the real man's man, by the way, was so brief. It was from fucking, essentially, like it was from June until January. Sort of six months. And, but it was so funny. Like the vignette where he. Awesome. Everyone forgets this vignette, but the vignette where he like, there's a vignette where he is shaving with a straight razor with a mirror. And then the camera like pans around and it's revealed that the mirror is broken and he's looking at nothing. Honest, it's so funny. Oh, there's that. There's also the um, when he just squeezes orange juice and makes orange juice, basically doing a ripoff of what Danny Hodge actually does, where he just squeezes apples. It is Danny Hodge, right? <laughs> yes, Danny Hodge. You can look at this: da- an 85-year-old Danny Hodge crushing an apple super easily while like telling a boy that he, oh, you go, here's how you bake a nice cake. Yeah, yeah well, another- crush truck with yeah. dick my name's daniel hodge i'm a i'm a good man i raise some kids i also am not welcome in any home depot because i destroy the tools with my hands <laughs> so i used to know me. a man named leroy mcgurk who was blind but would still drive <laughs> so R- regal um they send him because this is a basically a punishment gimmick because he shows up fat Mind you, once again, this man is going through a ton of problems, and I imagine it's kind of weird uh, and hard to stay motivated when you are in WCW and you're like, I'm the world TV title champion, that's how they see me for the rest of my fucking life. Yeah. For the, no matter how hard I try, I am never going to be beating Hulk Hogan, I'm never going to be competitive with Hulk Hogan, I don't have the WWF stamp of approval, so why not just fucking party and uh, be the world's TV champ and act like that's the world title, which they will when they eventually, I'm assu- at some point they'll do shows in Britain and then Steven Regal will be the fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. The actual king of the ring. Oh, wait, he already won that. I don't actually know if he did. Um <laughs> And then also, but he does. He literally kind of fuck him over because I remember one specific instance where he has uh, he does the regal plex, which I think is one of the most underrated finishing moves of all time. Basically, same thing with the regal stretch suplex. I was just sorry, go. I was gonna say same thing with the regal stretch. He has two fucking great put the lights out moves that no one really has taken. That are fucking like the regal stretch is one of those submission moves where I'm like that probably doesn't actually hurt, but it looks like it fucking killed. Yeah. Oh no! Exactly. And I think that's one of the really great things about having a submission finish that. Like, it's completely... You completely now have improved 
the a drama of a match like that because once he's in the stretch you don't you get more than a three count out of the drama of is this guy gonna tap and the other thing is like he doesn't have to take a fucking bump man like anytime you can take a bump out of the match is another like couple years your wrestler can be active you know like imagine if stone cold i know it sounds fucked up but imagine if a like half even half of the guys in the attitude era let's say there's four big guys you got the rock uh stone cold triple h and the undertaker right Mm -hmm. what if Half of those guys had. What if? Yeah. What if the Undertaker had a submission? What if Triple H had a submission? Right. Exactly. And yeah. then you get. And then you just. And it's. And it's. And then you also build up that it's fine to tap out. Like no one in the UFC is like when a guy go the the dude move is like okay. Well, this guy's in a chokehold. He's gonna tap out because maybe the choke is on his fucking larynx and the guy doesn't want to die. And then the hero move is the guy goes completely unconscious, which makes. A, the guy who lost looked like a fucking hero because he's not going to goddamn tap. And the guy who just won looks like a fucking uh, monster because he just choked a guy out unconscious and is now bragging before the other guys even fucking regain. I'm I'm just basically glued on the whole point, which is, yeah, in wrestling, they're still like, oh, you tapped out to that submission move? Didn't know you were a fucking pussy. But they're (laughs) not. Like, that's not that big of a deal. Like, everyone does, yeah. Of course. I mean, it makes sense, right? Um, Regal, though, uh, basically, he's really in a ba- in bad shape in the Fed, and then he goes uh, he goes back to w- WCW and uh, replies the exact same gimmick. Yeah. Um, but it's 1999, so this dainty English boy has to do the Hardcore Invitational. Yeah, he returns at the Hardcore Invitational. Uh, where people were legitimately injured. Fuck me, did WCW have so many people under contract? Like, remember this? Lonnie Poffo was paid for five years and never debuted. He just got a check. That's the best. Isn't that just a hoot and a half? It's so good. It's And honest to God, I love it. I love the fact that Lanny Poffo lived his weird life for five years getting money to buy. Like, wh- Lanny Poffo is fucking nuts. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's... He's like Macho Man, they say, lived his gimmick. I assume Macho Man's gimmick was his brother. Well, remember, this is a big thing that Lottie Poffo likes talking about. He's eliminated toilet paper from his life. <laughs> Why? He thinks it's disgusting. You should be able to You should be able to <laughs> deal with that the way God intended with various bidets. I get it. Yeah, he's two bidets and an infrared fucking sauna. Like that, and like that guy has no kids. And talks about... Co- oh, no, 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 no. Talks about having like uh, all the different basketball he uh, plays in the morning with various people. It's so like the look, you can look at the Lonnie Poffo regime. It's madness. Also, I think his mom is still alive, which is so crazy. Oh, buddy, Angelo Poffo only fucks the primest <laughs> pussy, baby. Top shelf poon, bro. To quote <laughs> Lonzo Ball, he picked a beautiful woman to make two perfect sons. <laughs> Alonzo Ball. There's this guy in the States right now. Uh, no, sorry. LeVar Ball is his dad. So there's this guy in the States right now, Alonzo Ball, who played on UCLA. He's supposed to be a top draft pick. But his essentially his dad is a pro wrestling manager. His oh. name is LeVar Ball. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, he, just, he went on the big talking head TV show, and it's the greatest thing in the world because he's like, uh, if uh, – if Lonzo was on uh, the Golden State Warriors right now, they had already won the title. But Lavar, uh, the playoffs haven't started yet. I know what I said. I I could beat Michael Jordan one on one, and they're like, "No, you can't." 
He's like, we looked up your college stats. You averaged two points a game. And he's like, I'm too big. I'm too strong. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and the other thing is he'll say, uh, they'll be like, you could not beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. He's like, who said that? You did? You said that? You say that? It's the, if you're not into uh, so, American sports, because we do have a lot of UK fans here, uh, if you're please not, look up LeVar Ball, uh, Stephen A. Smith, yeah. and it's the best thing in the world. I don't know if anyone out there is into sociopaths, but I think we got ourselves a real humdinger in LeVar Ball. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, how's Lonzo playing? He's like, good. He's better than Steph Curry. And they'll be like, okay. Like, that's the <laughs> sideline interview. It's so good. What does this guy have to do it's with so the UCLA management or the just sports journalists been like, we have found our ratings. Go talk to him. That's exactly it. Okay. It's, hey, basketball games are long and sometimes – and the other thing is, like, sometimes in college sports, obviously there's very much have and have not schools. Like, imagine if uh, – imagine – I watched I watched South Africa play Canada in rugby. So they got a lot of time to fill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in some college games. So a uh, the dad of one of the players mouthing off about <laughs> shit is definitely it's – like, um, It's like during any hockey game, especially when, like – the score is something like four to one. They suddenly start pointing out all the politicians and shit Canadian celebrities that are in attendance. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Pre- yeah. In- Preston Manning's at the Leaf game. <laughs> um. So yeah, this is basically. So he goes in WCW Hardcore Invitational. He's pretty much like a low end WCW Saturday Night guy, feuding with like the Filthy Animals. Um. Once again. He loses. This is it. He comes full circle because he loses uh, a career versus uh, title match versus with Jim Duggan in the year 2000. He loses to Jim Duggan. Oh God! Jesus fucking Christ! Is this before but or after? Again, he's going is this through be- shit. Is this before or after Jim Duggan was the janitor? <laughs> oh man, it would have been. This might be Team Canada, Jim Duggan. Oh yeah, man. No, I think Team Canada was later. 2000. I don't know, man. Janitor, I mean, they, like, who looks at Jim Duggan and says, we need to revamp this character and not, like, maybe let's just have him lose once every three months so people, like, cheer for him. No. Not like, no, Duggan gets, Duggan's out there every week, and you know what? I think he should be the smeller. What he does is he gets outside the washrooms, and when Kimberly is done pissing, he just smells that seat. What do you think? Okay, fine, good. Good idea. Why won't you let us let Jim Duggan smell toilet seats? This is ridiculous. How are we supposed to compete with the WWF if Jim Duggan can't smell a toilet seat or two? I just want to know, like, Jim Duggan's amazing in that, what is your, okay, if wrestling, there's like a gimmick, like William Regal was sort of like the bastard English person. What's uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Oh, I'm what foreigners think America is if they've only heard about it from other people going based on stereotype. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a ridiculously large man who's been arrested for cocaine possession and drinking, but I didn't get in any legal trouble, just the foreign man I was with did. And now what I do is I walk around with a flag going, ho. And my basic thing at job is to recreate a failed football move, and then I go home. I walk around everywhere with a flag and a two-by-four for some reason. Yeah, and yet my nickname is Hacksaw. So if my nickname were Hacksaw, (laughs) that two-by-four would probably be in a much worse shape. There's a lot of stuff going on with Jim, I think. we. Uh, So Regal goes back to the WWF, and let's throw this out there. 
he is absolutely fantastic during this run oh, the com- as the commissioner with his with Tajiri and shit. Like he's so good. What was it? Who peed in his tea? And he's got it's like William like this guy could have easily just been a snooty villain in Van Wilder. Yeah, he could you could have made you could have made a Van Wilder like I'm gonna I'm gonna drink all these beers. I would prefer <laughs> if you actually drink wine that is the drink of the upper class. Haha, <laughs> I shit in your toilet and fucked your wife. <laughs> oh dear. Not <laughs> Meredith, she does have problems. <laughs> Basically, he could have portrayed the live-action version of the college movie from the Homer Goes to College episode of Seinfeld. Where <laughs> <laughs> hope this bra bomb works. Hope this bra bomb works well, nerdlinger. Well, and you could see now that I've expelled everyone from Chuggalug House. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make you. Yeah, was it? I'm gonna be the minister of partying. partying yeah. yeah, that could have been William Regal. The more I read about William Regal, the more I realize that, like, outside, like, obviously his in-ring style was very, very, very like, it's way more serious than his uh, kind of promo style as a heel, which makes him a really good performer and easy to accept as, like, an upper echelon guy. But other than that, he's kind of, like, he's a lot like, like, Damien Mizdow type thing. He's a lot like the genius, and he's from this long lineage of pro wrestling characters where you can sit down with anybody and watch it and if they have half of a fucking brain in their head realize like oh this is why wrestling's fun because yeah bad guys like this exist where it's just like so over the top that he's clearly doing this for kids and i mean in the attitude era like 2000 2001 teenagers um but it's so clearly for kids and teens but um adults can really like it as well because he's really doing a very good job which is why the tea is so funny i i i have i actually forgot about the peeing and the tea thing but i remember watching that live being like i wonder if wrestling's changed nope still great Still <laughs> fantastic. Wasn't it, to, wasn't it Tajiri who peed in the tea? It might have been. I know that he was basically always treating Tajiri like shit. You know, classic sidekick stuff of like... Tajiri's another one much like William Regal that's like, oh yeah, in my home country I'm known as the man who takes the eyeballs away. But here in America, I'm utterly fine with being like, oh, Tajiri go shit in pants. Like... like, Tajiri crying and shitting because he's scared, boy. Like, every American wrestler that goes in the fence is like, they did this thing and they didn't like it. And then any wrestler who's not from America America who makes it to the feds like yeah they were gonna pay me six figures to do this and i didn't one time have to go to liverpool so i am a-okay with it let's do this shit like <laughs> it is funny like the ww why isn't wwe bigger in japan oh well because it's 2017 and you finally debuted your first japanese character like tajiri came in out from ecw as like and I remember his first match in WWF where people were like, this guy's fucking sick. And he was a new type of wrestler, too, for the Cruiserweight mm-hmm. division because it's all reliant on kicks. And the kicks sounded great. And it's like, you can really do a lot with this guy if you have a Cruiserweight division. But nope, they just they, they give him the gimmick of no. he can't speak English and that's super funny. <laughs> yeah. And they make him so his boss is English. Get it? 
He can't understand his boss. This fucking shit writes itself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, what will Tajiri have? I don't know. Noodles and pee. Ooh, that's what he only eats is noodles and his own pee. Like, th- if anyone ever wonders why the great Muda has steered clear of the WWE, it's because he's not going to come in and be like, Oh, uh, just to let you know, my face paint hit his doo-doo of baby. Like, they're nice. <laughs> like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, it's so funny. Yeah, Nakamura, it's 2017. Shinsuke Nakamura is the first Japanese wrestler to debut, and they have not gone out of their way to be like, he's foreign man, thinks America bad. Like, that's so crazy. <laughs> and yet still, by the way, his fucking theme song is called Rising Sun. Drives me fucking insane. But at least it's perfect. At least the music isn't everybody. Oh, he'll get it over if he's a real wrestler. Like fucking Christ. So we get back into Regal, and this is becomes uh something that is more and more prevalent is now that the war is run, right? Like uh, WCW is lost. Triple H is kind of gaining more uh, power and of all the things everyone always said about Triple like I'll never, he never jobs, all this shit is very much true. But the other silver lining, the thing that Triple H does that's very like borderline great is that he always gets William Regal his due. Like he's always pushing for Regal to come back into the ring because he has a great like fresh style he can do the wwf style uh promos but his in-ring shit is so good and so different from anybody's that it stands out immediately oh yeah and also it's because of his this sounds weird but because of his body type and how because he was really a mess in the 90s and now looks amazing in his older age that he's taking care of himself he's not one of those guys that like takes off his shirt and puts on his ring gear and you're like Oh boy, someone didn't fill up the potato sack before they put it on the truck. Like <laughs> he um Exactly. Yeah, he's still good and it's also the style is not really affected his body in the same way other guys have. Also, he's a blink to the UK market. He's someone that over here everyone respects so that mm-hmm. he's helpful in that way and also he just seems like a fucking nice guy like he literally has razzed me and brendan on twitter because brendan doesn't like certain comedians and then william regal just thinks he's a dumb idiot <laughs> like the other thing that yeah, william regal the, that, while still being the commissioner of nxt has got some has got some uh, wits in his butt listen the thing with uh, william regal also is he just seems like actually a nice man like he just seems like I'm mm-hmm. I'm a good person who has a wife and kids and I do my job, and I know this sounds crazy, but it's like I don't know how many wrestlers could you say that like I, you couldn't say that about most of Shawn Michaels' career. Like find one person that says like actually nice things to say about Shawn Michaels that aren't Kevin Nash, and even Kevin Nash's nice things about Shawn Michaels are like, oh, I remember when he once time he told Linda McMahon that he was gonna eat her out. That was cool. All right, let's drink wine. <laughs> That was cool because she's old and that's fucking gross. Yeah, it's weird because she's married. That means she's like a man. Anyway, like William Regal, like every, <laughs> every wrestler that talks about him with the exception of Bill Goldberg is like, oh, I remember once me and William Regal, I, uh, I coughed and accidentally um, caused my wife to have an abortion. And William Regal, he, he became our baby for two years while we worked it out. Like he's <laughs> <laughs> None of that made sense, John. Yeah, John, you're bad. I'm good. I'm a good boy. Good boy. Burp me. Um, Burp the cum out of me. But yes, he also was very much kind of Triple H era, which is like yeah, when it's like white boots, Triple H, 
The like <laughs> white boots is coming for you. The white boots are coming for you. What's that? I'm gonna do a 40 minute promo where I take like minute long. Let me tell you uh, about the, uh, um um. But he does like. Here's the funny. Here, so William Regal wins the European Championship in his like re- return to the ring in 2002. Um, here's how far far he's fallen. He actually beats Diamond Dallas Page in 2002. Uh, defending the European title. He joins the Un-Americans, which basically, like we mentioned actually earlier in the episode, in the wake of, uh, 9-11, of 9-11, the when the states attacked Iraq, um, Canada refused to also invade that. Yeah. So uh, they made a stable called the Un-Americans, the Evil Canadians, and uh, William Regal was in that stable, even though Tony Blair was a huge fan of attacking. Also, the a huge fan of it. The other thing I was going to say is because of the how the other Americans were structured, I didn't like Regal in that because it was a bit too serious and it was a bit too glum. Like the thing with him as a heel is he's very amusing. Like he's like because he, he's a sort of a pomp dick, and then when he was in the Un-Americans, it was like I guess we'll burn the flag. <laughs> like he was like, nah, not, not. <laughs> oh dear, the flag isn't burning. I better. Oh, I slipped in the flag, and now there's some doo doo on my face. Oh, oh no, the flame is too hot. It's melting my jewelry. I am now gilded. <laughs> so let's get into what you were talking about, where uh, William Regal. Um, he's placed, uh, he's basically, sorry, uh, Regal then has to give up, um, the, he has to give up his in-ring career due to, a, like, a heart condition he developed, the, so he transitioned back cr- into being on air, but the, not, uh, the craziest heart condition I've ever heard in my entire life, where a, half of his heart just beats, um, less than his other half, so his body just fills up with fluid, and how they cure it is, Jesus we Christ. stop your heart and then start it again and hope that does something. You guys don't seem like doctors. You guys just seem like people who want to <laughs> try that. We are. Let's <laughs> let's do it. Let's see if that's fun. Turns out it is. Sweet. Yeah. Have you ever held a man's heart so put in-, in your hands? Because I have, and your dick don't get any harder. I fuck the cavity. <laughs> he um, turns out, yeah. So he's he's placed in uh, in charge of Eugene. But one thing I do really want to talk about is. There is this amazing angle they talk about, uh, they do with Regal, sorry, towards the end of his career, um, his in-ring career, where he wins the King of the Ring. They basically decide they're just going to make William Regal, and it's really the closest they get to making him the world champ, because they, Triple H, I'm assuming, has enough power, he's like, let's try William Regal as the world champ. Um, So they... He's the commissioner, but he also wins the King of the Ring, beats CM Punk in the finals to win the King of the Ring. Makes sense. And has control over the whole show. Like, they do this thing where I think he ended a Raw by just, like, um, someone was, like, talking uh, talking about him and, like, saying, like, you don't control the show. And then he just turned off Raw. Like, he was like, just turn, turn it off. And he did. That's great. I just I also would like to say like this is also this was the I didn't love wrestling at this point, but this was a time when both of the like the, the commissioners of both Raw and SmackDown because this yeah, this is brand split. Yeah, this would be post brand split. We're fucking so more so much more engaging and entertaining than they are like fucking yeah. Kurt Angle's not bad, but like of course you're gonna tell him how to spell soft. I don't care. <laughs> I do not like that soft thing whatsoever. I don't like the Kurt Angles on television. I find it really sad. 
Like I know that we did two <laughs> two weeks in a row of Kurt Angle. Like I wa- I can't. Oh yeah. I'm really worried about him. Like I'm I like I stand by like one day we're gonna hear a click noise and a lot of people are gonna be dead. And Kurt Angle's just going to be going, that's what happens when I don't get my neck meds. <laughs> and we're going to have to watch. I really hope that's not true. Yeah, but y- you didn't argue with me. You were like, well, that the only resort we have to prevent that is hope. You understand? You know what I mean? He looks like not there. L- L- Kurt Angle looks like a guy who just got knocked out. Like, that's his fir- That's his face. Yeah, he's not a healthy man. It's not like you, Dylan. Who's- um, all right, William Bringo. What was that? No, uh, but I want to say this. Um, I just want to say this uh, quickly before we do be- best and last. Just because, all right, so Regal wins the 2008 King of the Ring, as I was saying. And then kind of in the thing that unfortunately would define his career, where everyone, he's playing this King William Regal character. He's playing it to the hilt. It really was like, even though by this point, his body looked like a bunch of uh, potatoes that you duct taped together and threw, uh, but even though that is what he looked like, he also uh, was, he's playing it to the hilt, he's doing a great job, and then unfortunately, like, he just had to, he had to go to rehab for 60 days for, like, pain meds. Yeah. Because that's what, and it's just, like, that's, that's unfortunately, that's his, other than, like, being a, a very strong mid-carder, and a guy you could, like, rely, uh, like, uh, you could never really go, you never really got what he deserved, which was like a world title because of that, which sucks because he would have been great. And he proved, if you watch that 2008 King of the Ring and then the Raw after it, William Regal proved he is a top guy. He's a top dude and he could have been, he could have been, he could have been the champ during the Attitude Era very easily and I think he would have done a better job than a lot of the guys they had because he just had that nat- and a natural way to make you hate him that uh, a lot of people just don't understand. Absolutely. Totally agree. Other than John because John downloads child porn and doesn't even masturbate to it. He just wants to learn more of it. I don't, I, I don't <laughs> download it. I distribute it. Now. <laughs> door to door. Yeah. I, like, I hit the people that I sell it to, but I still take their money. <laughs> um, so what's your best thing about William? Promos. Most, that's the, like, think of all the different types of promos this fucking guy does, and they're all great. That's true. That's true. He does, uh, yeah, he do, he can do, he can do everything. It's kind of weird to think that, uh, 92, 93 WCW had everything. They had everything, man. They had, I mean, I know it sounds, because everyone mostly would think, uh, Triple H, uh, and they would think uh, uh, they also had fucking old Bill Regal yeah. out there teaching Triple H how to be a pro wrestler. They had and uh, Billy Regal, who then would go on to be part of the most successful experiment the WWE has conjured up in the last ten years, which is NXT, and he's a big part of it because yes, he's the best person to be the commissioner for it because it's like I'm an old school wrestler guy. This is clearly all the new young guys and people coming in. I'll slap the fuck out of you if you fuck with me, Paul Ellering, you bag of shit. And also, he's good enough at delivering. Because you can really tell they're trying out the new writers on that show at times, where it's like, we left this action figure set here. Oh my, well, I better incorporate that into a match. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he also, yeah, also exactly what you're saying, because NXTs, they're like, they're... they're indie thing, obviously. They're super indie. And uh, he's a perfect commissioner, as you said, because he also... Another thing that makes him cause, uh, perfect for that is his... Uh, which we didn't even talk about, is he gets his sh- start being a, like, shooter. Being a classic carnival wrestler. At, like, 17, he's fighting grown men. And that gives him... 
and there's nothing that the indie fan still likes, and it's and to this day, even, like no matter how many flippity doos and fla flaws that Will Ospreay does, um, still you need authenticity in wrestling, and William Regal still has still is very authentic. Absolutely, that's why that that's why Kenny Omega and all those guys don't necessarily always ring true, but the original incarnation of the Bullet Club that was a lot more hard hitting will always. That's why they find the Young Bucks a little trying, but I've always enjoyed. Dem boys, the Briscoe Bros. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Well, I mean, we'll have a Young Bucks Briscoes argument. We will not. Someday, we will I'm not. Assuming. I'm right. Um, I'm right. So promos. I'll go. I mean, I'll just flat out say it. It's in ring, baby. Mm, He's. I would say he is the most well-rounded wrestler we've ever talked about on this podcast. Like he was just watching his old matches and shit. Was just he might be right up there, and people don't get like he doesn't get a lot of this because he's not the WWE. F during that time, but he might be one of those guys, uh, one of the best wrestlers to never win a world title. Like him, perfect, and Jake, I'd say. And he's a lot more like Jake than you would want him to be if you kind of want to make that comparison. Where it's like the guy has absolutely everything. I'd say he actually is a better look than Jake, but it's just he's got demons. Yeah, and Jake doesn't. Demons inside. You know, so yeah, his in ring was great because it was so different. Like I think a lot of people, when they think in ring, think um, smooth moves, blah 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 blah. Yeah, did he have great matches? A hundred and eighty percent, he did. But also, uh, watching like he just he wrestled a different style and a style you don't even you don't see now. The WWF style is just one thing, and WCW let him do, uh, let him do his own thing, and he made great use of it. Because it wasn't like it wasn't flying around like a luchador. It was like, and it made sense for his character that he's oh he's a lord, so obviously he's tra- trained all these weird submission holds to just hurt someone's wrist somehow. Because that's what a lord would do. <laughs> it's just it was just torture someone's wrist, like torture someone's body piece by piece. If you're a heel, that's what you're gonna do. Like take time and really hurt somebody. Agreed. I love it. All right, worst thing, Dylan. What's your worst thing? Um. His uh, drug problems, baby. Uh, yeah, and his heart. Mine, I, Yolo. Oh, uh, you did. You did the two. I will say my, that the real man gimmick was not longer. Everyone can shit on that all they want. I thought it was so funny, and he did it so well because he's the only guy I've ever seen who was like, it. You could tell he's like he's in on this too. He knows this is really stupid, and <laughs> and I was like, I I think it's so fun. Like, the real Matt. Like, it's so fucking stupid, and I love it so much. It's uh, absolutely, uh, I mean, it's one of the best gimmicks of all time. It just sucks that Re- Steven goddamn Regal had to do it. Like, why couldn't Chaz have done it? Oh, my God. Imagine Chaz is the real man. That would have been fucking amazing. If they transitioned out of beaver cleavage into the real man <laughs> Chaz, then that would have robbed us of the best theme song in all of uh, WrestleMania. Ah! WrestleMania 2000, which is the sweet, sweet Chaz theme song. Yo, Chaz's theme song is still great. Headbangers, still around. William Regal, still very active on Twitter. Is he going to be angry that uh, that I said his body was a bunch of potatoes? Probably. He'll just look at a picture of me and then come fight me and my wrists will. Yeah, yeah, I would like to say this to William Regal, who of all the wrestlers could be listening. Do you know Dr. Sean Stasiak? Because we do. <laughs> I'm sure he knows Dr. Sean Stasiak. Don't fuck with <laughs> us or we'll unleash Dr. Sean Stasiak on you. Listen, I am Terry and John is Jacqueline. We will get meat to destroy you. Yeah. What if meat listens to this? 
I hope that he demands people still call him meat. Uh, Dr. Sean. Uh, oh, man. The only thing that worries me, the only thing that worries me is Sean Stasiak does follow us on Twitter, but he's one of those guys. He's following 7,000 and he's uh, got 8,000 followers. So it's like, I hope he's not one of those bot programs where he's just going to unfollow us and hurt my fat little feelings. But I'll check every day. I will check every day. And if he doesn't uh, follow us, I'll be like, uh, go fuck yourself, Sean. How do those bot programs work? Because people can tell because it's like, oh, he follow- he's he got 10,000 followers. And he has he's following 10,000 people. <laughs> I remember um, Tay Diggs of uh, late 90s actor Heartthrob fame. Very good. Was following... Uh, like he for a while, everyone would take Instagram pictures and be like, "I'm so like blessed and honored that Tay Diggs is following me." Like, I can't believe I've gotten to a point in my career and my life where Tay Diggs is following me. And then you would look up at Tay Diggs, and he's following three hundred thousand people. It's like that's not an accomplishment. Like, yeah, this, Tay Diggs, this algorithm. Tay Diggs is a malfunctioning algorithm, and that will be corrected soon because it'll be like, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going. To- exactly right. Fat ones, because we we deserve a treat. And then we're going to stop podcasting now. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Give yourselves a big round of applause. Mm. Please call me, guys. Only at home. Only a few. uh, Only a few more Skype episodes left, and then Dylan and I might actually be reunited. Absolutely. What? I will make sure. I will make sure that never happens. Oh, okay, good. Fuck you. How about that? How about that? Have a great time, and I love you forever. I love. Bye bye. Bye 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 bye. bye. All right, Dylan. On three, three, two. Oh, you don't. It doesn't mean to. What? Bye. It doesn't matter. All right, one, two, three. Eugene, Eugene, get out here now! Dear, 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 dear. Someone has lost their temper, haven't they? I hate to be the one to inform you, lad, but Eugene isn't here this week. You honestly don't think that I would lead that lamb to slaughter. No, no, no. What kind of a man do you think would let Eugene into the building last week? Rather a perplexing question, isn't it? What kind of a diabolical villain do you think would tell Eugene to get involved in your match? It was me, Sunshine. You see, me and you know each other very well indeed, don't we? Let me give you people a little history lesson. 11 years ago, me and you were a tag team in WCW. In fact, I was your mentor, wasn't I? Yes, indeed, I was. What can I say? I mean, let's face facts. Some people, people like us, we're just born naughty. We are. That's why we gravitated towards each other. And if you would have used and abused anyone else except for that poor dear boy Eugene, I would have applauded your cunning. But for a clever man like yourself, it was very foolish to take advantage of a disadvantaged boy. Because now you've made an enemy out of me. And if you want to fight, look no bloody further. Because I will quite gladly now 
Go and change into my ring attire and I will join you back in that ring and I will battle you with every ounce of violent venom that runs through my veins. Yes. <laughs>